Hello, and welcome to You Philosopher. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about something that is very topical and coming up right next week, um, which is some of the uh, cabinet appointee picks, specifically um, the appointee, the nominee for the uh, Secretary of Education post, Betsy DeVos. And I think it's particularly interesting for a whole host of reasons. Um, obviously, one of the main uh, issues kind of at hand is the whole idea of privatization of education. But I want to leave that aside because that's this whole uh, conversation in and of itself. Instead, I thought what was of particular interest here that's kind of being brought out in um, in her nomination and in, um, in uh, the conversations that they've had with her um, is a particular kind of movement in uh, the country that I think has probably been going on for a while, but it seems to be kind of gaining more uh, traction, which I'd like to suggest is um, kind of anti-education. And what I mean by that is this. Um, Ms. DeVos is, of course, uh, not someone who knows a whole lot about public education. And by that, what I mean is uh, she didn't really attend it and she hasn't been a teacher in it. She hasn't been an administrator in it. She, of course, has spent a whole lot of time um, advocating against public schooling, but her actual experience is quite low, as was um, uh, kind of evidenced in her answers to some of the questions that were asked of her. She just didn't entirely seem to know, well, uh, what was going on in public education in terms of the actual structure and how things actually work. She knows that she believes there's a whole host of problems, which I think is really kind of what makes this interesting. In other words, what we're talking about is, is we seem very comfortable today with the idea that if someone knows that something doesn't work well, that that person is also uh, a good person for fixing it. In other words, they don't need to know what does work well, and they don't even really need to know how it works. And, and I can't help but wonder if the analogy of someone who recognizes that their car has a problem uh, is also apparently the person that we suggest should fix the car. Um, and that, I think, is key to this issue. And what I mean by this is simply the following. Education itself is hinged on the idea that uh, to do something well, you need to learn about it. I mean, that's what education literally is geared towards. Um, not necessarily in school, uh, but the idea that you need a series of experiences such that they prepare you to be able to do a thing and that you can get progressively better at it through practice and through the, some sort of learning process. So it's of particular interest and perhaps even ironic that um, Ms. DeVos is nominated for Secretary of Education, but she is also kind of this testament to this idea that we have here in the States, that this kind of grand story that we tell ourselves that people don't actually need to be experts at things to be able to do them well. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we really like that story. The idea that someone can just come in and they can just shake something up, you know, that someone doesn't really, they don't really know about it. They're the, they're the new, they're the new person at it. And if you think of that, there's kind of a whole host of films that are oriented in terms of this person who isn't the expert at it is the key to fixing the problem. A, a really kind of a hero, um, 
narrative, a, a Luke Skywalker kind of a thing, in fact, right? In other words, the person to defeat uh, Darth Vader isn't like Yoda or Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? These people who have, they're experts in what they've done and they've been doing it for years and years and years and years. The person who needs to do it is this new blood who knows nothing about it whatsoever. And very quickly, because of his own particular genius, is able to overcome, right? He's able to learn it and do it and do it better than anybody else. And we love that story. That's a story that we love here in the States. That idea of basically progenies, right? Um, we love the idea of someone who comes out basically out of the womb being able to play the piano. We love the idea of that person who just knows math. They never really had to work on it. They just, they just came in and they were a genius and they can't explain their genius. And that is a particular story of ours. That's not necessarily worldwide, by the way. In other words, there are um, people, uh, and there are places in the world that think that the idea of someone who has to work on becoming a master at piano, uh, and, and they don't hit it until they're 60, but by 60, that's when they're a genius, and that's when they hit their stride. Some think that that is more laudable than the person who just kind of came out and by 10 just was able to do it. They didn't have to work for it. And it's funny because a lot of that story isn't even true. If we look at geniuses, right? Look at Mozart, this kind of the epitomous example, right? Um, of someone who just kind of comes out of the womb able to do it. It's not like the man didn't practice. It's not like he didn't dedicate his entire life to being able to do something and be able to do it well. And yeah, sure, um, arguably from what we know, he might've been like arrogant about it to some degree, but it's not like he only, just kind of took advantage of his talent. And the fact of the matter is, is even with all of his talent, if he had not been surrounded by people who taught him and, that, and, and, and people who knew it well, he would not have been able to do what he did. And that's the thing. I, that seems to be really the kicker, is the realization that when people get really, really, really good at a thing, they're also some of the most humble people about what they don't know. And that doesn't mean that they're humble in general. That doesn't mean that they don't recognize the fact that maybe they're better at it than the other people who haven't worked on it. That means that they'd be some of the first ones to be able to tell you what they cannot do or what they know they can't do yet or what other people, in fact, can do better. And so I think that this problem is one that actually is not... Um, it's probably easy to hear what I'm saying is, oh, so what you're saying is, Nick, is that you have a problem with all those people who don't like academics, right? Uh, uh, Nick, you're an academic, and so obviously you're just kind of um, kind of saying, oh, all these people who don't know your knowledge, all these people without the philosophy degree, all these people without that, they can't talk about it. No, no, this is not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is we, as a culture, have a problem of kind of looking down on other people's knowledge bases and saying, ah, anyone can really kind of do that. And academics are some of the first people who are really guilty of that. In other words, the people who have the PhDs, right? The, the people who are at the, the, the top of the academic field are some of the per first people to kind of look down on a mechanic and go, yeah, well, you know, anyone could do that, but I understand literature, right? And so there ends up being, I think, a problem on both ends of it, right? Where people who work with their hands and have these tremendous skill sets to do stuff that I have absolutely no ability to do, well, they seem like they have this tendency to kind of look at the knowledges that's my own expertise and go, well, come on, Nick, anyone can read, anyone can teach, what's the big deal? Um, and, and, and also importantly say, what's, what use is it? What use is that 
what use is that knowledge anyways? It doesn't help build a you know a car. It doesn't build a building. What what's the the, the ability to, to analyze literature? Who cares? And then of course, right, my end of it, right, people uh, in academia have a tendency to be like, well, anyone can push a button in a factory. What are you talking about? But if we were really to look at either of these, we'd probably recognize the following: that. Even the people that we tend to think most lowly of, you know, uh, working in the factory, there's a whole skill set involved for factory workers that most people don't even know about. And for them to be able to excel at their jobs, they really do have a huge knowledge base that, um, that they excel at. I have my own knowledge base about my own um, uh, uh my own field. And the simple fact of the matter is, is when I say, oh, well, anyone could probably fix a car or anyone could be a steel worker or anyone could do that. What I'm really showing is that I don't actually know what it takes to do that. And I like to think that the reverse is kind of true in terms of like my own field and in academia. Now, maybe when people say, oh, well, anyone could do that or what's the importance of that? Um, that has to do with the fact that maybe they don't know it as well. And then if we all recognize the fact that um, there's a whole bunch of stuff we don't know. And that if we don't know it, we should be very careful about saying that it's unimportant, right? Like, I don't know much about fashion at all. And it's really easy for me to go, oh, pff, well, who needs to know about it? I mean, seriously, right? What do I know about fashion? That doesn't mean it's unimportant. My idea that is an unimportant probably comes from the fact that I don't really understand it. And in other words, we can also think about it like this. How many things are actually that important? People have been surviving without cars, without factories, without uh, the, the medical field, without philosophy, right? There was a period of time where people didn't have any of those things. They survived. Arguably, they even flourished, right? They, they, uh, they gathered food and they hunted and they did what they needed to do to survive. So the vast majority of our fields, whether we're building something or we're engaging in some sort of literary enterprise, at the end of the day, are not necessary for human survival. And to say, well, why that's important? Why do I need to know fashion? I don't need that to survive. Well, I don't need to know philosophy theoretically to survive or literature to survive or chemistry to survive or any of those things to survive if we want to take it to like the absolute most basic level of what we mean by survival. What we mean is to flourish, to be able to live um, a full and exciting life. The fact of the matter is people should know how to work on their car, at least to a basic degree, that we should have some knowledge of that. And my lack of knowledge of that very possibly does me harm. If a mechanic, if she tells me that I need something, I don't know what she's telling me, and I don't know if it's necessarily true or not, right? Um, in the same way, like it helps if I know something and at least enough to know that I don't know about it, right? So that I avoid that the mechanic says I need this, she tells me that's whatever. I'll be fine. This, you know, the same danger of saying that to my doctor. The doctor says that I need this, whatever. I looked it up on Web, WebMD. You know, I have a doctorate in education. Like it, these are not the same things. And the more that we know about them, the more that we recognize we don't know, which leads us all around back to um, the issues that are brought up, I think, with some of, of the nominees that we're looking at in terms of cabinet picks, that I, there's this movement to say, listen, what we really need is people who don't know the system because they're the ones who are going to be able to break the system. Uh, and we don't like the system. Okay, well, fair enough. I mean, there is a certain logic to that. Um, but I don't know how much should we should be lauding our own ignorance or anyone else's for that matter. Um, classic example, uh, Dr. Ben Carson, he's a neuroscientist or uh, a neurosurgeon, right? So uh, 
that's impressive, right? Um, but I want to curtail my inclination to say, so I know he's a very smart man. Because people don't do that about uh, uh, mechanics, and they don't do that uh, uh, about people who work in steel mills. We don't say, well, you know, he's a mechanic, so I know he's a very smart man. And that's terribly unfair, because in all honesty, to be a really good mechanic, you really do have to be a very smart person. So my inclination to say that about, you know, um, surgeons or physicists, well, I know that they must be a very smart person, just kind of shows my own academic bias. So let's leave that aside. Let's just look at um, Mr. Carson, right, as, as a surgeon, right, um, and as um, someone who is, in fact, being uh, nominated to lead uh, the Department of Housing and Urban, De Urban Development, right? So in doing that, um, when he was kind of defending his own ability to do so, he was asked, uh, why are you, a, neuro, a retired neurosurgeon, qualified to lead something that really has nothing to do with neuroscience and neurosurgery? And his response was fascinating because basically what he ends up saying is, the brain's an amazing thing. And uh, I don't like it when people uh, uh, underestimate the ability of the human brain. People can do more than just one thing, right? Which, okay, seems fair. And he points out what an impressive machine the brain is. And everyone goes, well, the brain is an impressive machine. And we don't want to say that people can't do. In other words, it appeals to that Luke Skywalker complex of like, I realize that Obi-Wan has been doing this for 60 years, but hey, I've been studying the force now for five minutes. Give me a chance. All right, well, fair enough. People can learn to do amazing things. The brain is an amazing machine. And my response to that is, well, Dr. Carson, are then you suggesting that anyone could be a neurosurgeon? And I feel like you would have to say, if he's following his own logic, that yeah, anyone could, right? The brain is an amazing thing. Okay, fair enough. And I like that idea. I like to think that anyone can do just about anything. So that appeals to me. And I say, okay, cool. So that does that mean that if right now you were in need of surgery, that you would be comfortable with me doing that surgery? And I feel like you'd have to say no. That in other words, if there was another person, I don't know, with a doctorate in medicine, specifically neurosurgery, that he would prefer that she do it rather than me. And my question would be why? And he probably, I feel like, would say something like, well, this is an expert in the field, right? She studied it she's, and she's done more than read about it. She's done it. She's done it multiple times. So it's like, for me to say that I am reading a bunch of books, I now know how to work on my car. No, I don't. I need to actually work on cars, right? I need to actually do neuroscience. And so my reply becomes, so is what you're saying, Dr. Carson, that you would prefer that someone who in fact has experience in a field be the person who is in charge of something really important, like say, your own surgery. And so, this just leads to this issue where we don't want to kind of acknowledge the problem that at the end of the day, on one hand, we want to recognize the fact that whatever we do, people need to acknowledge the fact that that takes a lot of work. As a teacher, I want people to recognize the fact that it takes a whole set of skills that people don't really want to acknowledge. I mean, people will pity us. They'll be like, oh, bless your heart, you're a teacher. And it's funny because we don't really go, oh man, you must be so smart. They're like, oh, you, ah, there's just so much gum involved with your life, isn't there, right? I'd like to point out that there's a skill set involved. And I bet you would too. 
for whatever it is that you excel at, there's an excellent chance that people probably think they can do that, unless it's one of a few fields that we go, oh, wow, you must be really smart if you can do that. But most of us know that whether or not it's a matter of working in, um, in a factory or whether or not it's working in a steel mill or whether or not it's working as a teacher or any other host of jobs, the fact of the matter is you can't just pick a random person off the street and have them do it par excellence. They cannot excel at it. And we go, that sounds un-American because everyone deserves a chance and someone, that hero might just come in and it is entirely possible. I guess the, the Luke Skywalker thing is entirely possible. But the fact of the matter is, is pretty much all of us are a little bit insulted when people go, you know what? Anyone can do your job. It's no big deal. We don't really need to be educated to do it. The comedy of it is, is then why do we say that about almost everyone else's job? So whether they be teachers, right? I mean, heck, we say it about presidents. It's really easy for me to kind of look on and be like, oh my God, I would never would have said that. I never would have tweeted that. I never would have done that. But at the end of the day, Knowledge leads sometimes to humility if one is honest about one's pursuit of knowledge. In other words, the more I learn, the more I recognize that I do not, in fact, actually know. I know so little about politics that I am not sufficiently knowledgeable to recognize my own ignorance. I go, oh, if I was president, I never would have done that. But maybe that's just a sign of how little I know about politics and running the country. So maybe I should be a little bit more careful when I assume that I, in fact, could do uh, President uh, Trump's job better. But I'm not sure that that's the country that we live in anymore, where we all just kind of assume that we could do anyone else's job better if we really wanted to, but it's a good thing we don't. For my part, I think that's why education is really important. I think that's why we should move away from this anti-education sentiment that we have. This idea that anyone can just teach anything, anyone can do it regardless of their education level, and we need to really start looking seriously at what is in the best interest of learners and making sure that our teachers and our administrators and the people in charge of education are absolutely of the highest caliber. We would not want someone uh, conducting surgery on our children who, in fact, were not the best. In the same way, it seems to me only reasonable that we should demand the same for their educations. So with that, I wish you a wonderful week.